0: To the Northern Logger Podcast. So, this month we talked with Dan Levy of Levy Lumber. They're based in Inlet, New York, and they have a really interesting business that's split between a logging operation and a lumber yard. And back in the day, they used to have a sawmill. So, they're a well known name in the Adirondacks. Their business is located just down the road from our offices at the Northeastern Loggers Association, and we had a really good conversation with Dan. But before we get to that, I want to talk about our Loggers Expo, which is coming up in Essex Junction, Vermont, right outside of Burlington, May 6th and 7th this year. The Loggers Expo will have between 200 and 250 exhibiting companies, and it usually attracts between 5,000 and 7,000 business-minded attendees. So we hope to see you there. It's going to be held at the Champlain Valley Exposition in Essex Junction, Vermont, And that's on Friday and Saturday, May 6th and 7th. The show hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Friday and 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday. We would also really like to thank our sponsor for this month's podcast, and that is John Deere, Taking Logging to a New Level. Forestry is not for the faint-hearted or the ill-prepared. To get things done in difficult conditions, you need to take advantage of every available tool. That's why more loggers are relying on web-based Timbermatic Maps and Onboard Timber Manager, which provide access to real-time production and machine location data. As a part of John Deere Precision Forestry, these tools allow you to streamline communication, increase efficiency, and see your job sites in a whole new way. You can find more information about this at johndeere.com slash precisionforestry. That's johndeere.com slash precisionforestry. Okay, and now to our interview with Dan Levy. I guess my first question is just, how did y'all get started?
1: I started here as a kid, like 10, 12 years old. By the time we were 12, we probably were helping out the service shop, and we had an old sawmill. All of us boys started out there very young. Tail and saw and putting lumber away. Mm -hmm. That's how we got started, and then by the time you were... 14 you had your working papers that was your true summer job that's just what you did there was so much going on where was the sawmill it was right at our you know where our home base is uh no i don't on 92 Lime lake road is where the okay the sawmill was and then we through the course of the years then we downsized it and run on the yard some of the problem and trying to staff so we just went to it just turned into just a retail yard put up it on the building
0: what kind of saw was it?
1: It was a circle saw with a, mm-hmm. with a live carriage, I mean, planers. It was almost all softwood, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did a, a lot of rough cut. Back then, everybody built out a rough cut.
0: hmm
1: You know? It was just common. two-by-four was a full two-inch by four-inch.
0: Right. Or even a little
1: more. <laughs> Did your dad start it? Yeah, yeah. 61 is when I think he went went business. Okay. And how
0: did he end up in this area?
1: His parents had a camp, a hunting camp, on Six Lake Bay or Six Lake or something. And he'd come up, you know, summers and falls and then he worked for Sid a few times and got to know the pains then because he's actually from Herkimer. Oh okay. You know, and then uh and then after working a few summers with him, you know, when he got out of got out of high school, took his back Back basket and clothes and moved up here. So, this is what he wanted to do. So, wow. I think he rented over Jim Payne's Marina for a while. I can't oh, remember, wow. right? That's where you got to start.
0: How many siblings do you have?
1: Personally, do I have, or my family in front of
0: me? Yeah, your family that went into the business.
1: There's four of us. My parents had four of us. There's John, who was in the loader. Mm -hmm. And then Julie, who is not in the business anymore. And then there's me and Jerry, who is the youngest, who is in in one of the other trucks.
0: Okay. And so did everybody, did you and your brothers all get into it at 14?
1: Everybody started at a very young age, yeah. Even, maybe even younger, yeah. Because then by the time, God, the next person was... 15, 16, 17, they moved on to something else, mm-hmm. and then you f- took over their roles in the sawmill. I might have worked in the sawmill a little bit with Jerry, and I might have worked in the sawmill a little bit with John, but typically by then, they were, th- were three years apart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, by the time I'm 14, he's, you know I mean, 17, mm-hmm. and doing something else, you know what I mean? Or he was delivering lumber, because he could drive. Mm-hmm. So then that person was driving and delivering lumber, and then you were tailing the saw and feeding the planer in lumber way
0: how so the order is john you jerry or? yes yes okay. for the boys yep okay um and so uh, how, how did the logging operation fit in
1: um they always had the stuff you know, I mean the, the, the logging stuff as long as i can remember my dad said they got into it they started as a sawmill but he said when the sawmill season shut down you couldn't saw in the winter you'd starve wait in the spring mm-hmm. he said we actually believe it or not used to beaver trap for money you, to, <laughs> i think like, you're he's like that was the income yeah I, it's hard to it fathom such a thing from my perspective right he said you know then we had an old dozer and we're going to skid out some logs that's kind of how we got started he said i needed income for the winter mm-hmm. you know so that that's how we got into the logging part because there weren't these other sources of income there wasn't all this caretaking right this was a Totally different area. Totally. You know, there was no such thing. So we needed work. He said, and that's, that's what we did. So we started. Then we got a little single axle. It was incredible. They had some really, really neat old pictures that when our shop burned, oh, we wow. lost because they were... Oh, no. I don't, You could have seen the old, old summer and the old... That is just the next step up from Sky Pilot. I'm telling you, It, just, <laughs> it was just I like, that was, their, that was their truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's just... He said, back then, that was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, he had some really neat stories. And you saw that doors and an old mill building here kind of fell in. You know, just <laughs> right. that's just how everybody did it. Right. Totally. That's how it evolved. And the yard was even a mud hole. It was just a mess. It's nothing like today. It just, even as a kid, we'd ride up there in Dad's truck, standing on the seat because there was no seatbelt laws or child restraint. Right. He literally totally. stood on a regular cab pickup or five of us and pile out get it back in the truck because it was so mighty mud, you didn't want all the mud and stuff you know we'd climb up the sawdust power where the sawmill was and fill all your pockets with sawdust <laughs> and parents would get so mad at that just oh. yeah it was totally changed from what it is now
0: um so what kind of equipment were were you all working with back then
1: uh the, in the sawmill it was a it was a head saw circle saw with a frick carriage i mean a frick live carriage uh uh, then they got to a, a Mella live deck, because way back it wasn't a live deck, you had to roll them on with a PV. Mm-hmm. They had a Bone Super 10 or Super 7 was the fork way back then. Back then they had just Cable Skitters, they had lots of Timberjack and then evolved to John Deere, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then by the 70s they started to advance a little more then they got into some of the first Han Harvesters and that stuff. Mm-hmm. That was interesting you know really big in mechanization back then ahead of everybody you know what
0: I mean right
1: yeah uh, back then there was more markets you know defariate was going strong what is that uh Deferriott was champion international than in, in just outside of watertown you know okay. in defariate that was a really good market i was told you know and then when i started logging full-time and i got out of trade school went to trade school got out of that and then they put me in a cable skater. Back then you have a chainsaw cable skater. I caught a lot of wood for a deferria. What year was that? I graduated high school in 86 by 87-ish. I don't remember how long trade school was, but it was about when I come back from that and started working. actually I went to be a mechanic and then, you know, dad said, well, I could put you in the garage, but I couldn't pay you. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, that, that ain't going to work. Or, yeah. <laughs> and so what? You know, then they said, well, you, I could put you back in the sawmill for a while. So I did that. And when they closed the sawmill down, usually around December-ish, it was usually a little extra equipment kicking around, they'd start another little job. So, mm-hmm. I started on an old 540B in Big Moose, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ahead of the Sawyer. The Sawyer was my Uncle John, JT, John Townsend, you know, and he was, takes That's about funny. two weeks to shut the sawmill down, you know, maybe winterize it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went over there and put up with a loan for a while, until he came then we did that job, <clears throat> when that ended we went to Savannah's with the other software job and emerged them, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course there was other little, little jobs, there was a chip job somewhere else, another. There was more smaller jobs back then. Not like today, we just have just one logging job. Right. It used to be a lot more diversity. Right. Than today.
0: Well, so since you came on in the mid-80s, can you just give an overview of how the company has changed? And when? Uh, when did your dad retire?
1: Dad still really isn't retired. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> he's not.
1: He's, uh, you know, still... You know, you're up to see him today. He's, he drives one of our trucks, so he's still driving truck. Oh, wow. And what's his name? John. Okay. John Sr. Yeah, he took a load yesterday. He'll come in today. You know, I'm assuming he'll draw the rest of the spruce out. Usually we put him in the in the tandem. We have three tractors and lots of trailers and the other tandem. We have him draw the spruce and the veneer out to Kevin's got like a concentration yard. Okay. And then anything overrun, they might draw a little wood back to the shop for pulp for spring or firewood or something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something that he can do with a tandem that's close and and aid and assess the job, you know, overrun. I do got a couple other sub-haulers that are coming. Actually, he sent me a text. I didn't text him back. We got some of those mat logs over there in the corner. Uh for Those timber mats. Right. They want to come tomorrow and get them. And we're trying to keep the landing cleaned up because we know winter's coming to an end here it changes right. so fast yeah and that sun gets high two days in the road is just oh mud oh totally it's unpredictable so, yeah so we're, we're like I say we're we're slowing things down and the and the wood is close we save to the end so right don't need three skidders today they'll just bury John right so I tell them try to do some other duties and then fill in when they have to you know right earlier in the winter we're way over there a mile and a half away I needed all three right so it's, that part's a very hard balancing act, for right. sure.
0: Um, so, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, how it's changed since you got into the woods and started logging. And then I want to hear about, you know, what, where y'all are at right now.
1: It was pretty, pretty, i want to say non-mechanized when I started. They were mechanized and they kind of got out of that mm-hmm. when it was dead and said, because they were in business together for quite a few years. Right. You know, they were frustrated with price of equipment, breakdowns, longevity, that stuff, you know, they kinda got away from fellow bunchers. You know, they had lots of them, but it Um they had grapples, got away from them again, went back to cables, you know. And then we come along, it was all manual again, chainsaws and cable skitters. Mm-hmm. Then we got back into slashers a little bit. <laughs> got a slasher or two. Then, you know, we, we talked them into trying another grapple. It must have been ninety. 91 mm-hmm. got back into another grapple. Uh, they had in the early 80s, mid 80s, they had a they bought one of the blondins. You know, they for some reason the job couldn't make it work. That was a frustration part. Dad said they spent all this money, it was parked out back their shop. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. whether they couldn't find the right jobs or the wood or the operator, there was lots of dynamics involved as you can imagine, right? Personalities, people's right ability to make something work you know right uh, and, and that's kind of what got him away from them he fell about butchers again and that stuff totally so then we we come along and ask him about trying to grapple and why and um got back into chippers again only because the market was there and and sometimes markets change what way you go right even help sometimes changes which some of our help live down that way they'd rather truck wood that way than right the tie yeah. <laughs> it's hard to believe you change your whole operation you tailored it to this right but it did well it's hard to find people it is it's very hard to find people you know and then it gets to a point where like well if that's mathematically not coming out we have to shift back the other way-hmm so that's how that come to be
0: right in terms of the markets you said there used to be shipping markets and that's not really so much anymore no
1: there used to be lots more Roundwood markets and lots more chip markets. Now you you don't have that. You basically got a chip market at Drum. Yeah, there is a Schuyler market, mm-hmm. but I haven't had the luxury to do, do much there. You know. Right. Um, I did start bringing a little bit of wood to. It's a little spot market at, at Griffiths Base. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we brought a few chips there, but that's not a, a year-round market by any means.
0: Yeah. Um, for that. Um. So. So now, uh, can you talk to me about? Uh, your equipment lineup that you have now. We
1: have on this job. We have the three grapple skidders and three operators. Um, one feller buncher, which is just the, which is what I run, which is down the road here. I can show you that after if okay. you want to see it. Yeah, definitely. Just, um, the fella buncher. We have a a slasher, you know, and loader, Barco there. We have two other loaders, but they're not slashers, and they're on trucks. Mm-hmm. We have three tractors and I don't know how many trailers I mean for tractor trailers mm-hmm. if you count these I don't know how many dump trucks we have we must have we have three of these Black F550s we got an F800 we have a Western Star 4900 dump truck two Mack tandems three excavators two John Deers and a Kubota a Kids steer two Bandit brush chippers for like residential tree work and a bucket truck we do a lot of that now, more so than we used to. Um, started out just a little sideline, and it's kind of grown and become a little more economically viable,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um, people call you, so you have a better chance of getting the job, when in the logging, people don't, you almost have to pursue them, you know
0: what I mean? Right, right, right.
1: That doesn't make that too good, and, um, and you stand a chance of setting the price, not the mill setting the price. Right. So that's definite plus.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, y'all are a big operation for this area.
1: I, I guess. I, I consider us a little tiny mom-and-pop shop, but I, <laughs> yeah. don't, I, you know, I don't know any different, you know?
0: Right, right, right. Well, I mean, compared to... I meet a lot of, like, one guy in a skitter Right. a chainsaw,
1: you know? Right, so, yeah.
0: Do you all mostly do private sales or bids or...?
1: A little of both. Bids are getting to be slowly out of reach, mm-hmm. a, at least for us. You know, what we've noticed in the last bunch of bid sales is some of the big lumber companies pay more for it standing than I get for it delivered to the mill.
0: Right, yeah. So you
1: say, wait a minute, if I did the whole job for free, I'd still be 30000 short of right. what you paid for standing.
0: Yeah.
1: How, and then I, I can't get an answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's mind-boggling to see that kind of money on the table in our perspective. Right. I, I don't know how they figure they're going to get people to continue. I can't imagine a kid getting out of college with a degree in forestry and business, because you need both, and then trying to figure this out on paper yeah. and say, "Wait a minute! All my investment—I'm not getting anything." Right? How are you doing this? Who's lying to me? Uh, so I.
0: Yeah. It'll Doesn't be interesting how
1: this next ten years shakes out because I kind of question it myself.
0: Yeah, I know. It's it's very difficult. So on this on this job, what are you cutting mostly and how large is this?
1: Okay, I'll show you the map. We did a, almost what you call an, an OSR, right. an overstory removal. Right. Finished it to all the boundaries and then it, when that finished, he usually leaves a little wood to finish out the winter. Now, he did these couple of patch cuts and I, we'll mm-hmm. walk down where the cutter is. You can take a few pictures and okay. what we did there. And it's kind of a... Sometimes he'll paint it. Sometimes it's a description cut. You know what I mean? he hmm he'll, he'll be a general synopsis what he's looking for. Maybe you're trying to leave 40 square basil an acre and trying to remove all the beaches necessary. This is almost all hardwood stand for winter. We probably did a little bit of spruce this winter. Maybe 70,000 feet of mm-hmm. spruce this winter. Maybe a little bit. You know, not a lot, but... There was a little spruce mixed in from pockets we tried to get all weekend. Okay. And the rest is mostly hardwood, pulp chips, and uh, saw logs. Mm-hmm. And we did do dab a little bit in pallet logs and those mat logs.
0: And do you work on the league club often?
1: I probably, yeah, I, I'm going to say I've been here 10 or 12 years mm-hmm. steady every winter, and then they have do with some summer and fall work.
0: The generation below you. Do you have uh, kids that
1: are in it? Yeah, I have three kids. One has already been to high school, been to college, graduated, and now works here full-time. Adam, you know, he drives truck at current, where he is a, a, a really good mechanic. But typically, he is construction with my dad in the summer. You know what I mean? Okay, Does Just yeah. dirt work, typically. But he gets stuck in the shop quite a bit. And then in the winter, we have him drive truck or work in the shop or... Yeah. You can run skitter, any of that stuff. It's just in the winter we try to keep everybody going. You know, we, we talked about even using our shop a little more, our repair shop in the winter. Mm-hmm. Two guys there and start doing that that stuff, outhouse. You mean right. out of house stuff. Right. So we we've talked to that as well, so w- whatever it takes to, to make it come out.
0: Oh, your other kids, are? is have, Adam the only one that's in it?
1: is the only one that isn't now, now you got L- Laura is my daughter, but she's in medical school, so she hey. takes a job in May in Albany. She has been here, but she's, she'll fill in with the office a day or two, but not. Yeah, right. I used to bring her to work with me a lot of times. See, I had a lot of fun, for sure. And then my youngest, who I just gave her out to school, Thomas just turned 16. Mm-hmm. He, he does, he works there all summer, every summer lumber yard and dirt work you know what i mean right right. um like i said if you see our lumber yard it's it gets pretty busy in the summer you know right you know he he can run forklift put lumber away that stuff this year he'll be able to deliver lumber because he's got his license now you know right that would be nice that he can drive yeah uh helps these guys with excavation work and dirt work in the summer whether it's running a roller tamping road raking it pipe in you know what i mean Mm -hmm. installing you know pvc pipe maybe you're putting some kind of a Sewer drain in, or something, you know what I mean? Right. He can do that stuff. Uh, yeah. he's, he's not a bad mechanic either for a young kid. He can get by, grind knives. When you have a chipper, that we have a knife grinder in our shop, it's mm-hmm. always a chore for someone to sharpen the knives. Right. It just, totally. Uh, and rebabbit them. It's just a never ending battle. He does that, but I do, I, I told him though, I'm I still going to make him go to college, mm-hmm. get a degree just I got him. He, I, I don't want him just coming. Right. I, I know it's not always economically the smartest thing, but I. I feel I owe it to him. Yeah. Go. I told him it's a two-year minimum, otherwise four years or you can't come to work here. So
0: yeah. <laughs> that's what I tell my
1: kids. That's just... And it's got to be a degree and you got to have grades. Totally. So, or you don't. So, sure, that's so good he's, for him. Yeah, so he's got to decide. He's done a lot of this. He solved out a lot in a pinch, probably. Started at a, a really young age. He communicates well and is a really, really fast learner. Okay. In, incredibly fast at, at this kind of stuff. It's,
0: right. With markets now at your lumberyard what does that business look like
1: summer it's it's great you know winter slows down you know it's it's a builder's market basically what what, the builders need supplies you know and where there's lots of competition too from the outside to bring stuff in right so i'll show you the lumberyard shop it's kind of the i call it the nucleus of our business is is where we evolve from you know our, our shop burned and We would have never built a shelf like that if it had Mm -hmm. burned. We didn't want to do that one. That was some family dynamics involved in that, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. It's just such a massive investment it takes from the rest of your
0: operations.
1: And it's not always a, a revenue source. Right. It's almost an expense. Right, <laughs> it is. She say, "Geez, I'm building this big repair shop. I don't make money repairing equipment. Right. <laughs> gonna, you know, I mean, unless I'm going to open up a service shop." Yeah. Hey, but you know, some of that we—I gave in to dad, and mom. They were still here, and you know, they wanted it when was, it was their turn. I, I thought, you know, right. They bought a lot of stuff that we wanted. Yeah. Now, I guess they, we'll try that. Mm-hmm. You want to try one? of them It's pretty risky investment, you know. hmm So when they wanted that, you know, I think my dad's always wanted that. He's definitely the the core of the place. It's, I, I said, "Well, I'll, I'll back him," you know.
0: Hey, thank you for listening to this month's Northern Logger Podcast. We want to thank our sponsor, John Deere, again. John Deere taking logging to a new level. Forestry is not for the faint-hearted or the ill-prepared. To get things done in difficult conditions, you need to take advantage of every available tool. That's why more loggers are relying on web-based Timbermatic Maps and Onboard Timber Manager, which provide access to real-time production and machine location data. As a part of John Deere Precision Forestry, these tools allow you to streamline communication, increase efficiency, and see your job sites in a whole new way. You can find out more at johndeere.com slash precisionforestry. And we also hope to see all of you at our Loggers Expo 2022 in Essex, Junction, Vermont, May 6th and 7th. All right, have a good month.